the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. The foundation of genuine salvation is based on our belief in and application of the entire uncompromised Word of God. We must live in it, walk in it, talk in it, aid in it, love in it, stand firm in it, abide in it, and so on. All love, honor, and glory belong to God. We must continuously strive to abide in the Word of God and all that we think, say, and do. This is the true measure of genuine salvation. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander enlightens us today on how to know if we are genuinely saved. If a person is saying they are saved, but they're not keeping the commandments of God, then they are not what? Saved. 1 John 2, 4. Look at 1 John 2, 4. It says, he, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments. So it's not what I'm saying. It's what the book is saying. Is a liar and the truth is not in him. In other words, you say you love God, but you live like the devil. That's a, that's a true indication that you, you're either a baby Christian, still trying to find your way, wallowing in a mess and need to grow up, or you don't know him at all. John had no problem calling those who claim to know him while not keeping the commandments a liar who does not possess the truth. I mean, you know, John cut it just like it was. He cut to the chase. He didn't play. He, he didn't play with the issue of salvation. And that's why the church is not effective uh, today, because you got so many folk in the name of Christ wearing Christian paraphernalia, all of these things, but have no relationship uh, with the Lord. It's a dangerous thing to be lost in the house. It's a dangerous thing to be at the church, but not in the church. It's a dangerous thing to be so close, but not in. John had no problem calling those who claim to know him while not keeping the commandments a liar who does not possess the truth at all. A man's words must be tested by his works. A man's words must be tested by his works. When his conduct contradicts his profession, it proves him to be a liar, according to verse four. When he, I, re, I reiterate, when his conduct contradicts his profession, it proves him to be a liar. Uh, Luke, Luke 6, 46 says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? You're not going to do what I say. Stop calling me Lord. I'm not your Lord. You on your own. First John 2, 5 says, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. In other words, we know that we're in Christ when we are obedient to his word. Our love for Christ creates a thirst for the word of God. And when the word of God is consumed, it brings us into spiritual maturity and fruitfulness. 
Those who love the word of God matures in his or her relationship with Christ and mature folk in Christ uh, are fruitful folk. Babies are not fruitful. Babies need help. Yeah, babies are selfish. And the worst thing you can have is a church full of spiritual babies. And my seat, my parking lot. Why I got to do this? Why I got to tie? Why I got to? Why, why, why? Stop whining. Babies whine. Mature saints praise God for the opportunity. That is a critical distinctiveness there that we all must address. You see, obedience to God's word is what gives us the assurance of our salvation. There, Listen to this. There is no assurance apart from obedience. If you're, uh, if you're hit and miss the day you obey, tomorrow you disobey, the day you feel saved, the day, next day you don't feel saved, one day you own, one day you owe. One day you're blessing God, next day you cursing God, you cussing folk out and all that kind of stuff. Listen, you will struggle. You will struggle. There is no assurance apart from obedience. The more obedient you are, the more sure you are. Say that with me. The more obedience I am, the more sure I am. The more obedience I am, the more sure I am. Thank you. Therefore, there is no assurance apart from obedience. Number three, how can I know if I'm genuinely saved? Abiding in Christ gives us the assurance of our salvation. Abiding in Christ gives us the assurance of our salvation. You say, where is that? It's in verse six. Look at the text. It says, he who says he abides. What does abide mean? It means to live in Christ. It means to remain in Christ. In him ought him also to walk just as he walked. So abiding in Christ gives us the assurance of our salvation. Let me ask you something. Is Jesus at home in you? That's a big question. Is he at home in you? Does he feel comfortable living in you? Now, how many of you know that you know, you know, that you know, you know, you're saved? Let me see your hand. Come on, don't fool me. Nah, if you're not saved by the end of this message, you can get saved. But now, now you, you, raise your, you raise your hand saying, uh, I have him. But now my question is, is he at home? <laughs> Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Is he at home in you? Does he feel, does it, does it bring him pleasure and delight to live within you? You know, you can come to sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so's house, and you're going to spend the weekend over there. And they say, uh, don't sit on that couch. That's why I got the plastic on it. <laughs> and uh, I want you to go from the bedroom to the kitchen to the bathroom back to your bedroom. Don't touch this. Make sure you don't spill. If you spill, there's a mop over there to clean it up. Are you going to feel comfortable in that house that weekend? Because they give you all of these rules of do's and don'ts. You, you want to get out of there as fast as you can. Now, you are in the house, but you're not at what? At home. At home in the house. You're not. But another person can say, come on in. Make yourself at home. Take your shoes off. Oh, you make a spill. Ain't no problem. We take care of it. There's nothing that can't be replaced here. 
God is good. It's God's house. We're just glad to have you here. Wouldn't you feel at home there? Can, can, can God say as he lives in you, I'm so glad to be living in your body? <laughs> or do you quench and grieve the Holy Ghost with lying and hypocrisy and sexual immorality and drugs and alcohol and stupidness and silliness and robbing God and acting unholy and uh, 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 bad motives until he's living in you, but he is cringy because of your lifestyle. You're not living up to his expectations for you. Huh? Wow. Abide, living in you, remaining in you, being at home in you, being comfortable in you, even children, children, young children, you know, ought to have a heightened sense of God's conscientiousness. The fourth way you can know you'd be safe, you could be safe is this. Knowing that we have been forgiven gives us the assurance of our salvation. Knowing that we have been what? We have been what? Gives us the assurance of our salvation. It's in verse 12. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. John begins verse 12 by calling all believers, believers, little children. Now, little children literally means, literally means born ones, born ones. Forgiveness brings spiritual rest and peace of mind, which keeps us from unnecessarily beating ourselves up over past sins. All of us have sinned. All of us have come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. We've all missed the mark. You know, but once we've been saved and redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, we need not beat ourselves up over forgiven sins because no, God no longer remembers those sins. Once you've rege- you've genuinely repented and turned to Christ, beloved, the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient. And if we fail to rest in the sufficiency of the blood of Jesus Christ, we will lack the, the assurance of our salvation. Saints, you'll not have spiritual rest You'll not have spiritual healing until you accept God's forgiveness. You can be saved, but you won't forgive yourself. And so you walk around in perpetual guilt and God is saying, why? Why are you walking around in something I remember no more? Because all I see on you now is the blood of my precious son. When Satan reminds you of your past, you remind that damn devil of his future. That's right. Now, he wants to damn. You say, oh, he said damn. Damn is in the scripture. And if I'm using it biblically, it's okay. Because he that believeth not shall be. It's Bible. And Satan's ultimate home is He will one day be damned to the lake of fire. So so you God has given you permission, according to his word, to walk in your freedom. Huh? It's good to know when you're forgiven because you don't have to slouch around and whine around and drag around. 
You can hold your head up when you walk through a storm. You can know that you are redeemed. You know that you are bought with a price. You know that you know you know that Jesus has changed your whole life. If anybody asks you just who you are, you can tell them that I am redeemed. All the devils in hell can't make me doubt the, valid- the validity of my salvation. I like that old song that says, real, real. Jesus is real to me. Yes, he gives me the victory. So many people doubt him, but I can't live without him. That is why I love him so, because he's so real to me. Is he real to you? Do you know he's real to you? Oh, my God. My God. Let me give you, I'm getting myself happy. and You know, preaching makes you happy. God Almighty, let me give you another sure sure sign that you are saved. Victory over Satan gives one the assurance of his salvation. When you experience victory over Satan, gives you the gives you the assurance of your salvation. First John uh, two uh, thirteen through fourteen. First John two thirteen through fourteen says, "I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one." I write to you, little children, because you have known the father. Wow. You've overcome the wicked one. Who's the wicked one? The devil. Now, if you don't believe in the devil, he already has you duped. There is a real devil. And and there are many, many millions of demons globally. Verse 14. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Do you realize every time you overcome temptation, it makes you stronger? Did you not know that? Every time you overcome, you, every time, how many you've been tempted? If you don't raise your hand and you're being tempted to lie and you have succumbed to lying. We've all been tempted. But every time you get victory over the temptation, that makes you stronger in Christ. Apart from Christ, it is absolutely impossible to have victory over Satan's sin and temptation. Apart from Christ, it is impossible. Only in Christ can you have victory over Satan, victory over sin, and victory over temptation. Because John 15, 5 says, apart from him, you can do nothing. Abiding in Christ gives us the the strength to help us overcome the wicked one. You have to enjoy living out your uh, salvation experience. And when you enjoy God and intimacy with him, the closer you get to God, the more victory you'll have over the devil. When we successfully resist Satan, we win the battle over temptation. When we when we when we walk in Christ and live in him, we, we are successful. We have victory, victory over our negative thoughts, victory over pornography, alcohol, drugs, jealousy, cussing, sexual immorality, selfishness, etc. And we'll give this gives us the assurance of our salvation. Victory over sin and temptation is the sure way, the surest way to be strengthened in our faith. Every victory strengthens you in Christ. Every defeat weakens your relationship with Christ. Oh, how many people need to hear this message today so they can grow up and walk the worthy walk before our Lord. You see, 
Another, another way you can be sure of your salvation is this. We can be assured of our salvation when we no longer love the world or the things in it. When we no longer love the world or the things in it. John 15, 16, verses 15, 16, it says, this is 1 John chapter 2, verses 15, 16. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. You see, John points out that the world system uses three devices to ensnare a Christian, to ensnare Christian. Three devices. It's not 50 plus one devices Satan used to trip you. Y'all say, oh, Satan have a whole lot of ways. No, he only has three. It's, it, it, he, you say, he got a million of them? No, he don't. It's only three. You say, can you show me? Okay. Glad you asked. One way Satan tempts us is through the lust, which is the desire of the flesh. Then it's in the passage, the lust of the eyes is through, it's through these, your fleshly tendencies is through your eye gate and through your pride. Those are the three. He said, that's it. Yeah, that's it. All, all of the evils of this society can be, be, be uh, reduced to the desires and lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. That's it. He said, what? Yes. Yes. And you say, how far back does this go? All the way back to the garden. Can, can you show me? Yes. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. You can find Genesis in the first book. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Satan trapped Eve in these same strategies back in the garden. As we look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, and when you find it, say amen. Watch what, watch, watch what this devil does. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, less loss of the flesh, see? And that it was pleasant to the eyes, that's the lust of the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, that's the pride of life. She took the fruit and ate, she also gave to her husband, to her husband with her, and he ate. They fell in the garden. Humanity fell. They were expelled from the garden. And thus, uh, spiritual death and uh, came and resulted ultimately in physical death and so forth and so on. Sin came into the world through Adam. That's right, because he's the federal head. Uh, Eve was deceived. And they ate. But did through those three devices, the same devices Satan is up to his same old shenanigans. That's all I'm saying. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. The lust of the flesh, eyes, and pride of life includes anything that appeals to our fallen nature. Satan uses the things of this world to tempt our fleshly appetites in forbidden ways to destroy our testimony and even our very lives. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief who is that devil cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Finally, how can we know that we know we know we are saved without a doubt? You know that you know you know you are saved when you love the brethren. That's right. We love the brethren. First John chapter two, verses nine through 11. Look, look there, if you will. 
Verses 9 through 11 of 1 John 2, it says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now, and he who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walk in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You know, you know that you're saved when you love people. For God so loved the world. In other words, for God so loved humanity that he gave his only one and only begotten son. In other words, when you love people, when you love the saints, it's a sign that you are saved. Not only should you love the saints, but you got to love sinners. Jesus came. Jesus was a friend of sinners. What scares me is that some of y'all don't like sinners. Your club is perpetually holy. You got a holy roly click. You know, the, 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 your, your, the, the newspaper boys saved, the mailman saved, the plumber saved, the dentist saved. Uh huh. Everybody come to your house saved. Everybody can walk in your house, gotta be saved. Well, then now, where's your witness if everybody around you saved? It's a danger to just insulate yourself with saved folk. Now, it's a good thing, it's a great thing. And we ought to want to be around safe folk, but when you're so insulated that you don't have a, that you can witness, then your, your, your surrounding is too inclusive. Huh? <laughs> you gotta love sinners. I know how much you love them when you can come out there with me. We do once a month. We go out and knock on these doors and tell folk about Jesus. You know, folk get saved on the street. We knock all these neighborhoods around here. God didn't put us on these 34 acres to just look cute. He put us out here on all this property to reach more folk for him. I'm going to tell you something too. Not only black folk need to save, white folk need to be saved. You got some white folk just as lost as black folk. Hispanic folk need to be saved. Asian folk need to save. Children need to be saved. Old folk need to be saved. People need the Lord. That's right. That means the church is no place for racism. That's right. In the days, the days of segregation, in segregation, that was a, that was a, that was just an atrocity when you had racism even in the church, when blacks couldn't worship together with whites in the name of God. It's a horrible thing. I was riding with one pastor, uh, this is a number of years ago. He was on an executive committee with me as the Louis Palau crusade was here back in 91. And this called my pastor friend of mine, and I called his name, his car was broken. And we get ready to leave the meeting, and he said, hey, Randa. I said, what? He said, can you take me to the church? My car's in the shop. I said, certainly. And so we were talking. He's a white pastor friend who no longer lives in the city now. He's up north. And so he said, do you realize the church you're going to as a black man did not at one time permit blacks to enter this church? When a black came into this church, they would get a taxi and taxi him to the east side. That's right. I said, what? And now I'm preaching in that very church that used to taxi folk to the east side. Tell me, tell me God ain't good. Tell me God is not good. God is breaking down barriers. You got to witness to all folk. All folk have to feel welcome here. We can't have an Afrocentric theology. Just like they can't have a white-centric theology from the pulpit. The gospel is red. Everybody needs to be able to hear a bloody gospel and be saved. So we should love one another because God first loved us. That's why God, out of his great mysterious love for lost humanities and Christ, who brought light and hope into a world filled with darkness, sin, hatred, which one day will pass away and be no more. 
He who says he is in the light. Oh, I'm in the light. I can see I'm saved. But live a habitual, a habitual lifestyle of hate is in darkness and does not know where he is going because darkness has blinded his eyes. Darkness has blinded his eyes. You're in darkness if you think you're going to heaven hating your brother. Hating for hate is never authorized uh, by a, a, a Christian. No, you, you're never authorized to hate. You love, you say, you don't know what they did. Still, you can't hate. You, you know, God didn't say go hate them. He didn't say go hate them. He said, you love the unlovable. He said, you don't know my husband, love him. You don't know my wife, love her. That's right. Love, love. Why does John speak so strongly against hate? We, and hate is, is rising up again all over the place. All over the place. It's not going anywhere. No, y'all, you can't legislate hate out of America and no other country. These problems are spiritual issues. You can't legislate sin out of folk. White House can't do that. The, the Bible has to clean up hate. No president can clean up hate. That's right. I'm going to tell you something else, too. A, a, a baby is not born hating. You put a black baby and a white baby and a, 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 a Asian baby together in the same house they grow up. They just as playful and love each other, defended each other. You best you better not mess with either one of them because all they know is each other. You know, hate is a learned behavior. We teach folk how to hate. It's a learned behavior. Learn. You teach that, and, that, and, that's, and, that's, and that's unhealthy. The Bible tells us that there is no assurance of salvation apart from obedience to God's word, for his word alone gives us that assurance. We must trust in the Lord with all our hearts and acknowledge him in all our ways. Only then can we say we are genuinely saved. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 